And welcome back to Ready, Set, Review, your favorite podcast for movies, comics, and culture. I'm Anthony. And I'm Matt. And we are excited to be here today to talk to you guys about a few different comic book movies that have dropped new trailers, new scenes, and we are going to give you our spoiler-filled review of Birds of Prey. Yeah. Or should better better known as the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. The worst <laughs> title ever. It really should have just been called Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. So let's just start with that. Or even just Harley Quinn. Let's just start with that because go go back to I God only knows what episode it was when we first talked about this movie and the yeah, title wow. was first released. We both said that this is a stupid title, not just because it's like ridiculously unnecess- unnecessarily hard to pronounce, um, not hard to pronounce, but un- long. You know what yeah, I mean? Long. Um, yeah. It's it was so painfully obvious from the get go that the movie was going to be about ninety percent Harley Quinn, oh, of and everything else is going to be an afterthought. So fast forward to now. It had a, I think, a $34, $35 million opening weekend, right? Yeah, which is, 34, yeah. Yeah, which is bad. So, I mean, bad. I, I think that, and we'll get into this as we go into it, but I think that one of the mistakes that they made not only was the title, uh, but also with the fact that they made it rated R. But we'll uh, we'll go into that. Yeah. So so we bring up we bring up the title, though, because they, uh, this week, news came out that, and, and I think the news actually got retracted. I need to go back and reread the story, but yeah. it, they came out and said that they were going to officially change, change the, the name, title yeah, of, the movie, the of the movie because the opening weekend was so bad and they thought that changing the title would have made a difference. But, yeah. you know, I mean, we all know that WB listens to our podcast. Absolutely. They <laughs> so they should have listened to us from the get-go when it was, don't call your movie this. So, and again, you know, one of the best things about this movie is Margot Robbie. I mean, she is absolutely fantastic as Harley Quinn. Um, she ranks, in my opinion, up there with Hugh Jackman as Wolverine and with um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, as they are they are just the characters. Like, they are now, like, she is absolutely Harley Quinn. I can't see anyone else playing Harley Quinn ever in any movie ever. Like, I think that she's just the perfect actress to play that role, right? And so I'm excited to see her play that role in future movies, despite what this movie was. Yeah, I I, I hate <laughs> to agree with you, just because I hated yeah, this movie. percenter right there. Yeah, but like, I mean, you are right, she is. I mean, she was the, even going back to Suicide Squad. Yeah, she was the She was the only that. enjoyable thing about that yeah, movie. That and Batman were the two yeah. most enjoyable things. In the five seconds Batman. we saw Batman for, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. so, so uh, she comes out and is great in this movie again as Harley Quinn. I, I do have to give her that. Um, I think... Part of the reason she's great is because she might not be that great of an actress to begin with. I know that you think that she's an awesome actress. I, I but think she's actually very talented. I think she's very, very good. But I yeah. think she's. I would. I'm not going to say she's bad. I'm not like. I'm not going to go with friend of the show Parker and call her the worst actress ever. Ever. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't. I would not. Yeah. Anywhere near that. Um. But if you want to see some of her acting chops and you want to see a great movie. Go and watch I, Tanya. I have to see that. that is, it's a hilarious movie. It's a very tongue-in-cheek. It's actually kind of like this movie. It's kind of like the Birds of Prey movie where yeah. it, it makes fun of itself. Yeah. And it's very – it breaks the fourth wall and it's, it's very, very funny. And it's obvious that the person who created 
this Birds of Prey movie saw her in Itania and was like, okay, let's take that concept and let's make it this movie. The problem was, was the Birds of Prey. So like, this is great as a Harley Quinn movie. It is terrible about the Birds of Prey. Everything that was bad about this movie was everything that surrounded the Birds of Prey. I only half agree with that because there was so much else in this movie that was terrible. So <laughs> let's let's talk about the like you said the breaking the fourth wall and not taking itself too seriously. Yeah, and we talked about how I always said that the only way this movie would be good is if it really just just swung for the fences and didn't take itself seriously at all. Yeah, you know, which and, I feel like it it almost did. See, for me, I think they fell short because it. They very much tried to do the Deadpool approach. We're constantly breaking the fourth wall. Very much so. And, and it led to some really good, funny moments. It did. But it did. the problem is, for me, is that there were too many other moments that were too serious to fully go, like, full comedy for me. There was too much in it that was just like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just like... Uh, the, the the way they, they even they even stole the same thing from Deadpool where they did the different uh, timing of the of the story of how the they story, right. right where they break Which, it up where they tell the story oh wait no stop let's go exactly backwards. right very similar to they kind of did it in like other movies like Fight Club they yeah did the same thing where they're going forward and then like okay wait stop let's go back right and, and it was then like go back in time and tell the story of how you got there and then you bring it up to where the story is so and I think like, oh okay. Now we're back to where we were before. So I think they almost did that too much. Like Deadpool did it in a way where it was like they brought you back to that story and you had the, you know, Deadpool's narration over it for like a minute. Harley Quinn's narration in this movie did not stop for the entire movie. Yeah, it just went on. It was and on, on, and on, on and on. And it was really distracting. It was really yeah. distracting. I mean, again, I, I thought that was part of the fourth wall breaking, and I actually kind of liked that, you know, having the narrator. Yeah. Because, again, very much like a comic, you could almost see the little panels that are up in the corners of the comic book, like, you know, squares or whatever, that, like, you know, actually talk and narrate what's going on in the story and narrate the interior monologue of right. the character. Now, that part I actually really did like, and I was actually very thankful that it was Harley Quinn who was doing the narration and not like Renee Montoya well, yeah. or Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya or yeah. any of the other Birds of Prey characters that were at, at best ancillary to this story. Yeah, and it, it, it had to be Harley Quinn doing the narration. But I think, you know, to your point about the explaining all of that, the what it, we're watching a movie. Like, yeah. I don't need all of the, like, so they did it in a couple of ways. The way that I liked it was in the scenes, in the early scenes where they start introducing all of these rando characters that were coming after Harley Quinn for one reason or another, and they did, like, the the, the hard stop, and it was, like, on the screen, it's, like, person, grievance, you know, and they yeah, had a little animation, right? Like, like yeah, that, was that was cool. Really cool, that was funny. But then when they just, like, kept on going on and on, and, like, like going, like, to your point about explaining people's motivations through a narrator, like, for me, that just doesn't have any place in the movie. Like, unless you're doing... Unless it's like a flashback scene where there's no additional dialogue and it's just the narrator explaining the flashback and you see the action happening, that's okay. But for her to go through and like explain everything while also have the dialogue in the scenes on top of it, which they did constantly, it just like totally took me out of the movie. And if it if it had been actually funny, I would have been okay with it. But there were so many not 
funny moments in the movie. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, I think it was actually one of the better things that they did in Suicide Squad when they were actually there and explaining the characters and they would just put a flash up on screen of right. who they were, right? right? It's almost like that scene in, in Iron Man when he's talking to Jarvis and he's like, stop telling me, just leave it on the screen. Stop exactly. Stop telling me like, how much power I'm losing. Like, exactly. Just leave it on the screen. So like, if they had just done that and just left it on the screen as like a flash and that's how they explain it, would have been great. But then to have her explain it as well definitely went a little over yeah. the top. Like when I see that in movies, and I've seen it before, it, it says to me that you're working with a director who doesn't really kind of know what they're doing. Like the whole the whole movie, I couldn't shake this feeling that it was being directed by like a fucking sophomore year film student. There were so many elements in the movie that just made me think like, this is something that just like a fucking amateur would do and I couldn't like take my eyes off of certain scenes because they really just like took me out of it in, in such a bad way. Well, I mean, and Kathy Yan, who is the, the director of the movie, right. is sort of an amateur. I mean, she's done a few things that have been out there, but nothing that you could say is real, like really, really spectacular or... or yeah, what's her resume? I actually don't even know. I, yeah, it's really not much. I mean, the Birds of Prey is the biggest thing that she's done, although there was a, a, a movie called According to My Mother... Um, that it was a like kind of Korean movie that I guess was like okay. I guess it was okay. Yeah, it was like a short that she did, but yeah, I mean, it's, essentially, she was oh, yeah, a relatively it. unknown director. But I think that Kathy Yen really did a good job with this movie. To the aspect of it was a very female empowering movie, right? And but it it it, it almost went too much. Where it, way too far. It, where it took a lot of the things that people hate about women in movies, and it just sort of reversed the roles, right? So instead of changing it and and making it something that was was going to be better, and actually having you know like a a, a villain or or other male characters, like every male character in this movie was an absolute, like, buffoon. Nobody was likable. Yeah, None of the male characters yeah. were likable, but that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, it also doesn't lend itself to, like, a really credible villain. However, doing that, and we'll skip ahead all the way to the end of the movie, the way that the movie ends, I actually really liked because they set it up that way. Well, see, and not only were the male characters, um, like, they were just buffoons. Like, they were all mentally retarded like none of the things they did make sense they were all Which, complete idiots again, for a tongue-in-cheek movie i don't really mind that oh, right it was like, so annoying one of the things that i didn't like about this movie was the fact that it was rated r because it wasn't gory enough it wasn't hardcore enough like it was almost like they were reaching to make it a rated r yeah like they were reaching, like they, it almost feels like they added in F-bombs when yes. you absolutely didn't need, like you could have, you could have gotten away with not saying the F-bomb. Yeah. Like it was gory in certain parts, which I think was good, but like you could have gotten away with like doing the gore in a different way. And even that level of gore they had, it, you, we've seen that level of gore in a PG-13 movie. Like yeah, there was, there was only like two. Because it's so slapstick. Yeah. There was like a couple of standout scenes where 
like the scene where Harley Quinn jumps on the guy's uh, knees in the other direction and bends, you know, breaks them in the opposite yeah, that's direction. Not even, that's not even that yeah. graphic. Yeah, um, which that guy, by the way, was the guy from Kickboxer 2, Daniel yes. Bernhardt. That was yes, great. Yes, that was Daniel Bernhardt. Um, yep. and, then, and then the one scene where she's fighting in the police station and she breaks that guy's kneecap like seven times with a baseball bat. Yeah. Like, you know, that was one thing I remember, like, because I, I, we, we read a lot of reviews about this movie before we went to go see it. Yes. And one of the things that was constant through all of the reviews was about how, like, you know, just the amount of torture they put human bodies through in this movie. So I was expecting to see a lot of, like, fucking fucked up shit. I was and, expecting to see more from Black Mass yeah, torturing was, people. And there was hardly any of it. No, like, and, and for an R-rated movie, the scene where he's got the people hung upside down and he's cutting off their faces, if it's an R-rated movie, show us at least some of that. Yeah, they they just, didn't show us anything. You don't know that he's actually cutting off the guy's face until he's walking away and he's holding the face in his right. hand. Right, and you can barely... And, and, that, and that scene is so fast, if you're not paying attention, you don't even realize that it's the guy's face. Yeah. It's so quick and it's so fast... And then, and then, and then again, not that movies need this level of gore and blood, but if you're going to no. make an R-rated movie, take it. There wasn't hardly any blood in the movie. No, there, there wasn't. But it, the scenes that did have blood were overly bloody, right? And that's what made it rated R. I don't even right? what scenes. I don't again. even what. Aside from when Black Mask gets blown up, I don't even remember seeing any blood. Yeah, I mean there was like barely. Yeah, there was there was a little bit of, of uh, yeah. blood that were in other scenes. Like wasn't there, there was one scene where like someone's guts got ripped out? I remember. Uh. Right? I remember, like, the entrails being there. Wait, what? I think so. Did we watch the same movie? Am I missing that? Yeah, did I think you you're fall asleep? I, I did almost fall asleep at <laughs> one point in this movie. I was I was significantly bored at one point during this movie. It was, like, really... Which I find so, like, unbelievable because I actually felt that the pacing was one of the best things that they did. I, I felt like the, the story moved very, very quickly. Yeah, right? I, I don't think it was the pacing. The hyena that was... eating the leg, like, was pretty cool. Oh, that know? was the one scene, yeah. yeah it was, that was also pretty cool. I don't even think it Which was the I pacing. wish they used the hyena a little bit more. I wish I it was there to, like, save her and attack people. And it was, like, her, like, bodyguard a yeah. little bit more, right? Like, it was such a cool setup, but then they didn't use it. It was a total afterthought. Yeah. Because, then, because then the hyena goes missing when her apartment gets blown up. It was almost and then like all they of a sudden ran out of budget. Like, they ran out of budget. They couldn't do the CGI yep. hyena anymore. Yep. <laughs> then, the, then the hyena just shows up in the back of the car at the end. They're like, oh, yeah. by the way, oh, yeah. found well, your hyena. Oh, yeah, Bruce is alive. Yeah, roaming around Chinatown. Bruce as well was also very, very cool. Nice little touch there. I loved it. Wait, why? Well, because it, she was naming it after Bruce Wayne, right? Uh-huh. And, and, and that's actually the name of the hyena in the cartoon. Or, or one, so she has multiple hyenas in the You're cartoon, right. and one of them was named Bruce. I forgot about that. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the yeah, I think it was just the the. Uh, you're, you're right. The pacing was fine. There was no issue with that. Um, it, there was just something about it. It's kind of hard to put my finger on. I don't know if it was the the acting or the way the directing was. It's one of those movies I kind of got to watch again to like really sort of figure out what I didn't like about so, it because it wasn't as glaringly obvious as the problems that like an Aquaman had, right. you know? Um, but I put this kind of on the same level as Aquaman where like I enjoyed the movie. I was entertained by it, but at the end of the day, I just, it's not a good movie. No. And, and Aquaman wasn't either, but here's right. the main difference, right? Aquaman made a billion dollars. Yeah. Right. Made yeah. over a billion dollars. Yeah. Right. This movie is going to struggle to break 150 million. I, what, made, what was the budget? Let's it look. Made, uh, I had to be at least 150 million. No, I think it was like a $60 million budget. I know that it was, it was lower than other movies. 
Um, but I know that it needed to make about a hundred million dollars in order to see profit. 97, $97 million. Oh man. So that means it needed to make essentially about $250 million yep. in order to see real yep. profit. Yeah. So, so yeah, this, <laughs> that movie, is not going to happen. That's not going to happen. The theater was empty. The theater was basically empty. There was literally, and it was so funny because like the middle rows were not filled yeah. at all. No. Like, like obviously like the front rows are not going to be filled, but like not the middle yeah. rows. And it was just, when I bought the tickets, I bought the tickets on like, Tuesday, and there was zero spaces taken. Fan base, right? And it's just one of those things, right, where like you try and go over the top, and I I hate to say it this way, but your your comic book movies are now gone mainstream, and they're really for everyone. However, your main core audience, especially if you're going to do a rated R comic book movie, is going to be your eighteen to thirty five year old male audience yep. those are the the rated r comic book fans that are going to go and see something that is a little bit more specific about more niche characters than than like if you had batman there you know i was i was actually chatting after the movie and i was like this movie would have been much better if they just did the girls of gotham and it was poison ivy and catwoman and harley quinn and then you did the same exact storyline right with just the girls of Gotham instead of the Birds of Prey, who were literally just an afterthought at best in this movie. I just figured but, out. But had the had the the headline and the title. Yeah, I just figured out one of the things I hated about this movie. Okay, go. So you, your your comment about making it appeal to more broader audiences is what made me kind of realize. So the the thing I've been struggling with in this movie is trying to to find the balance between. The, the humor of the movie and the seriousness of the movie. Right. And I finally I, – I just realized what is, is, is fucking it up for me. Okay. And it's the action scenes. The action scenes were very over the top. They were very cartoony. No, but not all of them were. So that's why it's fucking me up because there were some – that were very cartoony, like like especially in the end when they're fighting in the fun house, you yes. know. And yes. Harley's got the sledgehammer, and she has the rollerblades on, yeah. and they're fighting in that one scene where there's yeah, like the giant ha- roller skates, right? Yeah. And there's those, those giant hands, and they're yeah. smacking people with the hands, yeah. you know. And then and like that was great, but then all of the other scenes before that that were cut into where the comedy was were those typical. DC and I don't understand what sort of like mandate Warner Brothers has for all of their directors. Slow their motion, slow scenes. fucking motion. <laughs> the slow motion, but and not only were they slow motion though, especially that scene where she's fighting um in the uh in the police in the, station. The oh, it's man. so, so yeah, it's, ahead, it's yeah. so like polished and yeah. like and like the way she's fighting is so like. Batman-y almost. Like, you know, her moves reminded me very much of like Black Widow with her like little judo moves and stuff that she's did. And it's so polished and it's so sleek. And then a half hour later, she's just throwing haymakers with a fucking sledgehammer. Just like that dichotomy, I just can't fucking rationalize. So you know? I really loved that whole scene from like start to finish of her going into the police station, even though they cut in the middle of it. Well, it started out asked, really good. And, like, her with the the, the bloop gun that yeah. shot all of the different, like, at first it's, like, bean bags, but then it's, like, glitter bombs, and yes. some are, like, tear gas, and it's, like, hilarious. 
I, a nice little touch that they should have added in there as a nod to the Joker was some of it should have been laughing gas. Yes. Right? Where, like, all of a sudden people are, like, dying and yep. laughing and they get that stupid grin on their face. And see, I totally agree. When that scene started, I thought it was a great action scene because, yeah, she's shooting people with bean bags and glitter, glitter bombs. bombs. Like, oh, man, it, it was, was so, so cool. great. That and then so all of a sudden, cool. five minutes later, when the sprinklers come on, you know, and, yeah. and, the, and the, the cell door is all open at the same time, like, so fucking stereotypical. And then... It, it became so polished, like a fucking Jet Li movie. Yeah. It just completely took me out of it. And then where she, oh my God, where Renee Montoya has her at gunpoint and she's got the cell phone in her hand and she throws the cell phone in the air, does a cartwheel and kicks the cell phone into her face. Like that's Before something out Renee of Renee Montoya can yeah. pull the trigger as like, she's literally holding a gun yeah. pointed at her like if with I'm the not, finger on the trigger. Like, like if I'm not watching that scene in like a 1970s Hong Kong cinema movie, like <laughs> then it's a bad scene. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the dichotomy, like they didn't know what they were doing. That really took me out of the movie. That that I just realized that. So I, I definitely think that that was the best scene in the entire movie was that whole scene where she goes into the police station. She's she's taking over the police station, right? Yep. Okay. The guys come out of the prison cells and she beats them up, which is really strange the way that the prison cells were set up. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to county yeah, jail before, like, but I went once and it's not like that. They were like individual weird. boxes. Yeah, like individual, like, like so pages. weird. It, it seemed like a they looked like portable like dog pound. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what it looked like. It looked like a dog pound. It didn't look like a fucking prison cell. Like it just and it didn't look like a county jail either. It yeah, just, it was it, weird. It was yeah, weird. It was very strange. And um, so okay, so let's talk about let's talk about the the title characters, the Birds of Prey. Right, so we've talked about Harley Quinn and everything that we love about and, and hated about. Can we start that. with Renee Montoya? So let's start with Rosie Perez. She is Renee Montoya. Awful. So I like Rosie Perez normally. I think that she is a good actress. I think she's very talented. I think that she was absolutely misused in this role, and 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 it really just came across. It like, was, yeah, it was. Bad. I think it was too forced that she was supposed to be this alcoholic, you know, police officer, which is just like such a fucking. But they only give you like one scene of that. Show. Yeah, they only give you well, one they, scene they give you of that. A couple like, scenes of it, right? But like. And they, and they really and they and they, and, they, and they they start the whole like woke crusade of the movie with her right from the get go where she's on the crime scene in the beginning and she tells like she's a detective she's the ranking officer there and she tells the grunt cop to go do something and the cop just laughs at her like haha woman yeah. and then yeah. the man tells her and it's like like that for me was just so like come on like yeah, even you even if you listen to her yeah like even if you're trying to make a point there is no cop no beat cop. In a fucking uniform with their stupid hats, that is gonna say no to their superior officer and given a direct order. Yeah, like no that way. scene was just so fucking dumb. Yeah, yeah, I I would one hundred percent agree, and I think that out of all of the characters, she was definitely the worst, the weakest. Yeah, and, by far. and definitely like the biggest letdown, and as well as like Renee Montoya is not really part of the Birds of Prey, like. Well, neither is the Huntress, guess. so it's like a well, whole... Well, yeah, Huntress was. Yeah, Huntress was. Oh, wait, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm going I'm, I'm to get the Birds of Prey confused with Gotham City Sirens. Yeah, yeah, Same thing. Yes, yeah. but you're right. Renee Montoya is not part of no. the Birds of Prey. Right. No, no, no. Absolutely not. No. You know, it's it's Batgirl, it's Black Canary, right. and it's Huntress, right? Right. Those are the, the Birds of Prey, right? Yeah. So, and she was just... I don't know if it was like a... If she was miscast in the part, or they just didn't write her part correctly, but yeah, she... She was the worst part of the movie for me. I, I didn't. Anytime she was on screen, anytime she said a word, it just annoyed me. I did not like her yeah, at did, all. Did not at all. Yeah. Um, 
So moving on from her going into Cassandra Cain, right? So Cassandra Cain is such a cool character that was introduced into the comic books at, in one of the coolest storylines yeah. in all of Batman, right? And it's this whole storyline about how gang warfare has taken over the city. It's called No Man's Land. Yep. And and essentially the the not only crime, but like the the crime bosses have taken over the entire city where and it just become an entire war zone. Right. And so you have to go in there. Right. And they they end up getting in there. And then that's where Cassandra Cain comes in and she's got the the silent voice. And they give a little bit of a nod to it when when Cassandra Cain can't speak in the beginning of the movie. And you're like, oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. But no, she was just like coughing. But she was the worst character. Like she's so bad. Like like it was cool to see her as a pickpocket, but she could have been named anything else. Like, yeah. Like I guess like they, they were just kind of reaching and they were like, oh, we can name this character Cassandra Kane just for like posterity's sake. Like yeah. and it had nothing to do with Cassandra Kane. It had nothing to do with who she was like as a character. She really had no character in no. the movie. She's and, not like a little homeless orphan pickpocket. Basically. Yeah. Like, you know. like who her parents like really got mad at her. And obviously like her stepdad because she probably stole something from him. Right. Like, yeah. And you, you had know. that, you had that one generic, completely useless scene where she's sitting on the steps of her apartment and you can hear her parents fighting in the background, you know, to like, to, and that was one of those scenes that, that scene really annoyed me because it's like, you know, you didn't need like the, the way they dressed the character, the way they made her act. It was obvious that she was some sort of like orphan kind of runaway type thing. You didn't need that useless scene where she's sitting there like moping about her parents fighting, you know, like. So I actually liked that scene because it gave the character a little bit of depth. But right? was, there was, was nothing else that really gave her depth. She was so like. But see, but that's the thing, though. Her character, the you, way you she was, she didn't need into her personality in that way. But she didn't need anything is what I'm saying, though. She was just like she was just she was like the fucking MacGuffin because she ate that stupid diamond like so she, she didn't the diamond, oh, which is the we'll get we'll get there the in a minute because like that's just <laughs> which is also very funny like i thought it added a nice element to the story but see that's what i'm saying though like it's i agree with you but it's like they made it too it just wasn't like it, it, it didn't I don't, I don't again i don't i don't know if it was the writing the directing or the acting but like i agree with you there is a funny element of her eating the diamond because she doesn't know what to do with it well the way it plays out on screen just is not funny so that in itself her eating the diamond okay not that funny she's in the back of a police car she has to get rid of it she eats it fine great no big deal the funny part is when harley quinn is feeding her prune juice and laxatives and she still can't go to the bathroom that was kind of that's very funny that was funny you know she still can't pass it or whatever like that's very funny like i liked that part of it but like I don't know. It was just, it and, was so cheesy. And like, that was one of the things that's endearing, but you could have done that without having this be an R rated movie. Yeah. And I think that that is one of the main things that affected the box office. Right. Like, I think that like, so we know that there were reshoots right. of this movie. Right. right. And it's really, it was really black mass actually, was apparently going to be a pedo or something. <laughs> well, yeah. And like child trafficking, which, that would have been cooler. That would have been a much darker story that would warrant a, an R rating. This was a slapsticky comedy story that really didn't. You could have done so many things very easily to get rid of the R rating yeah. to make this PG thirteen. Which I bet you, I bet you that they, the the studio brass at Warner Brothers probably saw the initial cut and saw how dark it was. Yeah, and 
said no because they had, you know, their little Agent Orange flashbacks to the Zack Snyder version of things where it was overly dark and they were like, no, make it funnier. And yeah, that's where we gritty, got, but yeah, funny. exactly. Like they, yeah. So, uh, and again, that's, they went for Deadpool yep. and they just missed. They missed. Way they missed. They way missed. And I, I want to talk more about your Cassandra Cain comment because I totally agree. Cassandra Cain is such a cool character yeah. in the comic books. And that's why it's such a big letdown. Like, if it was just a, a name in the comics, like some whatever yeah. character, even though, who was, who was they, the, oh, who was the female Robin? Stephanie something, I forget. I forget. The blonde haired female Robin in the comics, whatever. If they had named her Stephanie or something like that, like, I would have actually enjoyed it a little bit more, but because it was such a cool character who was completely different, like, yeah. See, I'll, I'll really say, grown. I have two thoughts about that. One is that I don't think they needed to make her a character for the comics at all because, like we just said, she had no real purpose in the movie other than to be the person that eats the diamond. Like, that was her only real purpose. So she could have been literally, yeah, and how like, did she get the Beth. Diamond? Yeah, right. she could have been Beth. She could have been anybody. Yeah. Her, her, her character doesn't matter. But the fact that they named her Cassandra Kane just says to me a lack of understanding of the source material. And, we, and we've talked about this before. And I am a big proponent of taking comic book characters yep. and adapting them for the big screen. Yes. And the adapt the, the adaptations adaptions, Jesus. Mm. The adaptations do not always need to be direct from comic to screen. In yeah, fact, I think absolutely. it's better when they change things. Yes, 100%. However, when you change things so dramatically in the way oh, yeah. that they did Cassandra Kane, it's just you, there's no point in even calling her Cassandra Kane because she had absolutely, with the exception of the 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 orphan bit, the, the fact that she was basically an orphan, like a, right. a runaway right. kind of thing. There is absolutely zero connection to the character we saw on screen and the character we know in the comic books. Yeah, so they shouldn't have even called her Cassandra Kane. She should have just been fucking else. Stephanie, she like could, or, or whatever. Could have been anything. Yeah, could've anybody. Just been any other name, and it wouldn't have wouldn't made a difference. From, the character. But for guys like us, knowing what Cassandra Kane is supposed to be and seeing that, it's it's frustrating because there's zero element of her comic book character on screen. And it's part of the cell, right? Oh, it's the birds of prey. So you're like, oh, cool. Is this going to be Batgirl? Like, right. is it going to, like, are we going to see her as a little bit of Batgirl? Yeah. And then you see the actress and the way that she looks and you're like, uh, as soon as you see her, you're like, well, obviously she's not going to be Batgirl. And, but see, like, I'm not going to lie. The, like, the entire movie... I was really hoping it was gonna be one of those like uh, like Firefly moments with the Summer Glau character where she's oh. like this you know diminutive well, like little clicks. girl oh, yeah and then so all of a sudden great. something clicks and she just starts breaking bones you know like I was yeah. waiting for that the entire movie she was like a and sleeper it, yeah that exactly would be sweet that would have been so cool yeah but they kind of did that with and they kind of gave that her storyline to Huntress now like Huntress was not like an assassin she wasn't no I'm not totally familiar with the Huntress storyline. Yeah. But the way that they made her in this movie was she was the one that got trained by what seemed to be, although they didn't say it outright, the League of Assassins. Right. right? They definitely they say that, that, that. They, 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 she goes to Italy and she's trained right. by this League of Assassins. And they were assassins. You know, yeah. and she's like the daughter of this mafia Don who gets all murdered and everything. But essentially they give Cassandra Kane's storyline or, or her origin arc to Huntress instead and it just but then Huntress's character is such a a caricature of her actual character in the comic books that it doesn't work either see like now I will say that I agree with you but the Huntress was one of the birds of prey that I actually enjoyed 
only because it was... So first of all, I think that Mary Elizabeth Winstead did a, a, a good job in the role. Like, I liked her her take on it. Um, and I like... I did too. Yeah, and, and I like the fact that they made her character kind of, like, very straightforward. It was like, you know, for better or worse, she's like the, the out-for-revenge character. And I actually really loved that scene where after she kills Victor's ass, and she's kind of like... Yeah, well, I was just here to That's kill it. this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I'm done now. I'm, I'm done. Like, my Bye. You know, done. Like, 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 I killed like, everybody on my list. And see, like, and, I'm done now. And see, that was a comedic element that I really liked because most characters that are that are scripted that way, where they're out for revenge, and they always morph into something else, right? There's always something right. bigger behind the revenge story or some sort of development or change in their character that happens. But she, I thought it was funny where she was like, yeah, no, I'm I'm out for revenge. I, I yeah. killed all these motherfuckers, and yeah. and, and now I'm done. I'm See done. ya, like yeah. peace. Like, and I I love that. Like, I thought her character was really good, and she was the only one of the birds of prey that I felt in her action scenes looked like natural, yeah, like believable, believable. Yeah, yeah like Renee yeah. Montoya just looked like oh. awful. Oh. And even the 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 the, the, the Smollett Bell character—I forget her first name—the one that yeah. played Black Canary. Even yeah. she was a little kind of like shaky in some of her scenes. It wasn't very believable when she was throwing all of her kicks and punches yeah, and shit. Yeah. But Mary Elizabeth Winstead, she was very convincing as an assassin. Yeah, I I one hundred percent agree. And I actually love the fact like the, in the movie they actually make her very awkward. Right. right? Yeah. When exactly. they're having those little moments, right, where they're actually like having just. You know, you know, which, I just, which is like what you would expect an assassin to be. Exactly. Like she's so singularly focused for her entire life was all to train as an assassin so she could get revenge right. on these people that brutally murder yeah. her. She doesn't have personality skills. Her entire family. It's not even like her immediate family. It's like her extended family. They yeah. murdered, brutally murdered her entire family in front of her. Yeah. Right. And like. Like, that was so cool to see, like, and I thought it was very funny to see how awkward she was and, like, in those moments. And I absolutely loved that. I was yeah. like, oh, it's great. She was one of my favorite parts of the movie. One of the things I didn't like, and I really want to touch on this because I think it's I think it's important to talk about in the way that it is important, is her outfit. Now, notoriously. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. All of the outfits. Well, let's let's talk about specifically Huntress because <laughs> Huntress in the comic books, notoriously, and I know that there's there's a lot of like talk out there about unnecessary sexualization of characters, right? right? But Huntress notoriously in the comic books has one of the most like I don't know I don't want to call it like revealing because it's not, but it is a a sexualized outfit. Absolutely, right? yeah, she wears of course. The, the, the thigh highs and she wears yeah, like, she's like a leotard yeah, on, a leotard like, on yeah, right, riding yeah. up her ass and her tits yeah, are out exactly. yeah. right now the way that but they, a cape right, <laughs> well, right with a cape with a cape, with a cape <laughs> right and then the mask on it as well now one of the things that they do in the comic books very well is to describe why they wear outfits like that when we know it's really to just get the fucking you know neck beard fanboys to buy the comics right, right? which Obviously, again, 18 to 35-year-old male, what do they want to see? Hot girls in skimpy outfits, right? But at the same time, the whole point behind that, which I thought would work very well with the way that they wrote the male characters in this movie, is the reason that they wear those outfits is to distract the perpetrators or distract the bad guys from their fists or their feet or the everything else that they're doing, right? Yep. Because here they are is, is this really scantily clad woman and then it's distracting and like, oh, because men are so stupid that they're going to be easily distracted and overly sexualized that you can then just kick them in the face and knock them out, which is just 
100% believable and 100% accurate, right? So I wish that they would have done that and then explained it in that way because every single male in the in the movie was a bumbling idiot. So it would have fit in perfectly. You could have been like, like you could have even made a joke out of it. Like, why are you wearing like this out? Like you yeah. could have had like Renee Montoya or even Cassandra Kane go up to her and be like, why are you dressed like that? And that would have like, been oh, it distracts from my fist. That right? would have been actually really funny because Mary Elizabeth Winstead is hot, and if they had put her in like an overly sexualized outfit and explained it in that way, that actually would have been really fucking funny. Because like I said, all I of the it would have been a great part. Yeah, like, that's such a natural and it's, comic it's a great guy and it's comic accurate yeah. and it's great and, and like we all. said, all of the male characters in this movie are just mouth breathing neckbeards. Like they're exactly. just a bunch of morons. Which it, again would have fit in perfectly. Like, yeah. So like I understand like so so that was also one of the problems. It was too woke to be woke. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like because it was it was trying too hard to make a a female dominant movie female dominant which they did a really good job at but they didn't do enough of the job in the right way right. which could have also attracted an audience but to describe it in the way that it needed to be right because here's my thing if you're going to go for that that girl power motif where you have the male uh crime boss and Ewan McGregor who's like the lord of crime in Gotham, basically, right? He runs wow. the whole show. Well, I mean, that, that's the way they painted him. I mean, they, they That's the way they paint him like that. To that eventually. But here's the thing, though. But here's the thing. If you're going to do that, like, Ewan McGregor in this movie, and I love Ewan McGregor, so this pains me to say this. The way that they wrote his character and the way that he acted it, he's supposed to be this big, tough, super big shit crime lord who's in charge of everything on top of his shit. This guy is like the fucking Donald Trump of crime lords. So, this guy looks like – this guy acted like he couldn't even tie his own shoes, put on his own fucking underwear without six other people helping him do it. He was such a bumbling, crybaby fucking moron. So to have such a weak character like that, just making him a man, does not make the girl power element seem that much more convincing because they're dealing with a fucking child. You know what I mean? Right. So here's where I, I vehemently disagree with you because because I'm a big fan of the Black Mask character in the comic books. Same. And a lot of the things that he did um, and, and the way that he was introduced and how villainous he was, um, and that's actually very much the way that the character is written. Like, he is very much that way where he is kind of just like a bumbling idiot who like... He's, he's as crazy as the Joker, but he's nowhere near as smart or as calculated. He just is crazy and is super connected and makes money. And so he can hire these henchmen and he hires stupid henchmen, right? But he is kind of a bumbling idiot. And that's the way that they've actually written him in the cartoon movies, in, in the comic books. And it could have translated very well, which I actually loved Ewan McGregor as Black Mask in this, except for the fact that he didn't wear the mask enough. Like, like I oh, liked yeah. seeing him. I liked seeing him without the mask. But every time that he was doing something like deadly, when he's like slashing someone's face off or anything, he should have been wearing the mask. It should have been an extension of his personality while he's wearing that mask is like when he gets dark. As far as I'm concerned, he wore the mask too much because he that wore fucking it for like ten seconds. But that fucking mask <laughs> looked like bad cosplay from China. It like I feel like that was the kind of that's, mask you go when you're like on Amazon and it's from like this stupid Chinese company that you've never heard of. And you're like you know, you know those memes 
where it's like when you order it online, when it comes in the yeah, mail, you know, like mail, he's yeah. like when it comes in the mail thing. 100%, like it was 100%. just so like it was big. It was, it was like big. huge, and it made his head look way yeah. too big for his body. And like, the fact, it was way too, big. and the fact that they didn't even take the minute to like, even though so <laughs> so one so one big thing that the Batman movies have always been criticized for is like, oh, so you mean to tell me that every time Batman puts on his mask or the cowl, he takes the time to put the eye black around his eyes, right? He put on black mask, put on the mask with no eye black behind yeah. it. So you just have this mask, this big dumb eyes with this white skin underneath. Yeah. It was so stupid. Yeah. It looks so fucking retarded. And he only wears it for like two seconds. Like it, two and seconds. It doesn't even explain like what's the point of the mask. Like, Zero point. It's, it's very like subtle and hinted at of why it's important. Right. And like why he cuts off people's faces and he has all of and these see, that's- masks. In his, okay, in his, so like, let's talk about something whatever. that was. I, I don't even. Where, what could you call that? It was it looked like a dining room, but it wasn't a dining dude, room. He, like, he had I don't a, know what that room was, but he had the masks all around. Dude, it he had an apartment like that was the kind of apartment you see in like a movie about like a broken down out of work artist you know in a rom-com his studio <laughs> loft and, all this. and he's explaining he's like oh they boil the heads of their enemies like isn't this cool like he's trying to bang some chick it was so fucking retarded yeah, but no so it really was so talking about the narration right that is something they should have narrated they should have had a narration scene that explains why he wears the mask why the mask is so important to him? Like instead, of, instead he, they they explain well, like, all this other superfluous shit or like anything. Why, like when they're when they're anything. first explaining the character of like why he likes masks and why he cuts off people's faces. Like yeah, yeah, I would have liked that. Um, so Wait, can we talk about Victor's ass while we're on the well, topic while we're on of, the, vi- the villains? And like let's, let's go to Victor's ass. So now, you, I was really happy when the henchman, like the guy, was named Victor's ass. Right, and he had all the scars, right, and and it wasn't markings he did on himself; right. it was actual scars. And and they right. do like a reveal of his chest, and they see, they see all the scars. His character, it though, was so bad. It was so bad. So so again, I was I was chatting after the, the movie, and, and and one of the things that I kind of immediately latched onto was like the questionable sexuality of both uh, Black Mask and Victor Zaz. like Victor Zaz was obviously supposed to be a gay character. Clearly. Right? Like, clearly, Way, yeah. like, clearly, you know, a yeah. gay character. Right? And 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 Black Mask was ambiguous. Right. At best. Right. Right? So, like, and like it's like, why is that something that I'm lashing onto? Why is that something that I notice? Why is that something that I even care about? Because they like, shoved it down your fucking throat. Yeah, but they didn't. Because they didn't, they didn't, they didn't show him being gay, which it doesn't matter if he was or he wasn't, right? They didn't show him? Well, like, All right, hang on. Like, I'm going to get up to the microphone. I'm going to act like Victor's ass in the movie. Explain what I'm you doing know, to you right is, now. This is a radio show, not a... Not a Explain <laughs> to them what I'm doing to you right now. Because I'm being, I'm being Victor's ass he's, on... He's, on, he's this touching is what me, ass, and I don't feel okay about it. This it's is really what Victor's weird. ass did to fucking Black Mask the entire movie. Just awkwardly touching him like he wanted to suck his dick, but never talked about it. Right, and like it was obvious like, like he was like infatuated with the Black Mask. But like, why does that matter? Like, who cares? Like, and if they just came out and said he was a gay character, I wouldn't have cared. But like, they were hinting at it, but then didn't say it, and like, and like, all of the things that he did were like overly that way, and it was overly like devote. Like, it was just weird, and it just didn't. And this is one of those things. Like, that I, I want, but I didn't hate it. Like, I actually liked it, but I also like, 
also didn't mind that it was like the like uh, he used him as a throwaway. He was a character. wasted character. He, he was, was totally a wasted. Character, but like both of the characters were throwaway characters, yeah. and that's the thing I didn't like because I really think that Ewan McGregor did a good job at being Black Mask, but the fact that he literally not only died but he got blown up at the end. Like there ain't no coming back for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. there's no ambiguous. Oh, right. did he die? Did he not? Die? No, he got blatantly, gorily blown up at the end of the movie, and like. And the okay. thing that annoys me about Victor's ass is that you're gonna have this. So, so going back to like the critics, what the critics have said about this movie. If this was any other comic book movie, like let, let's say there was not a single female centered character in this movie, and it was all men, and it was like hyper masculine, and you had a character like Victor's ass in it, right? The critics would rip this movie apart for not having the balls to go all the way in explaining his homosexuality. But because this movie was written by a woman, directed by a woman, primarily starring women, other minority cast, they are never going to address the... No, no, in my head, but I'm just saying, the critic... I'm I'm not talking about the critics, mostly. The critics are never going to address the fact that this movie did not have the balls to explore the homosexual relationship between Victor Zaz and and, and Ewan McGregor and Black Mask, which I think if they did, even for like... Five minutes, even for one scene, yeah. I think it would have added a layer of depth to both of those characters that they yeah. didn't have that I really would have liked to see. And and I mean, I, and I don't know the exact name for it because I I'm, the 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 term that comes into my head is is the is nightingale, right? When you take care of somebody and you're so overly devote to them, I because, think that's correct. So, but like that's very much it's it's almost like such an adoration because of like he sees the black mask as his like master or whatever, right. and it's almost like that that's the relationship between them. And they're like, okay, fine, that's that's fine, right? And it's that devout, right. whereas. Whereas that's actually something that I think that they did better in Suicide Squad when you had that the, the his the Joker's right hand guy and it was obviously like, oh, yeah. the only reason that he was the right hand guy was because he was getting fucking paid. Yep. Like it was obvious that he didn't agree with everything that the Joker was doing. He wasn't on the same level as the Joker, except for the fact that he was making a shit ton of money. Right. Right. And and it was also believable that the Joker in Suicide Squad had people who would support him. Because of that, let's call it the Bob character, you yep. know, his number one guy, right? So so it was only because of that Bob character that that people would – it was believable that people would follow the Joker. Totally agree. Right? Yeah. Instead of just being this over-the-top, like, homicidal maniac who's completely crazy. Yep. Um, now, with that said, like, I, I still didn't mind Victor Zaz in this movie. I think that, that that he really did a good job. And the way that they used him, I also didn't mind him being a throwaway character. And I actually liked, as, like, as opposed to the way that they did it with Cassandra Cain, because they could have really named this character anything else. Yeah. They didn't have to name him Victor Zaz. Yeah. But the fact that they did name him Victor Zaz and they did give him the scars, I actually thought was really cool. And he was slicing people up and using the knives and everything like yeah. that. Yeah. I actually really, really liked that. I really enjoyed that and, and having that character in there, even though he was a throwaway character and they murdered him in the movie, which is also totally fine. See, I'm I'm torn on it only because, and maybe this is just me because I'm spoiled with, because uh, I watch Gotham, which I, I don't believe. No, right, I'm, not, yeah, I'm so, not the biggest Gotham fan. So Gotham has a Victor Zaz character yes. who's, who's integral to several, throughout the entire series. And I'm forgetting the guy that plays him, um, but he is like so he's not 100% comic book accurate far from it as a matter of fact but his interpretation the way they do that there he's he's 
cold, he's calculating, but he's also empathetic, and it's just like, it's, I, I think my issue with Victor Zaz in the movie was, aside from the fact that they didn't have the balls to take it all the way and actually call him gay and, and pull on that plot thread, I think my, my issue with him was that he just sort of like, he was always just kind of there, you know? And I think because, because they didn't make the Black Mask character assertive enough, to also have a character the way Victor Zaz was also be that that minimally assertive person, yeah. the dichotomy just didn't work for you. You, yeah. you. you need to either have one or the other. For me, yeah. you, you would need to have Victor Zaz be the big, strong, tough guy and Black Mass be the mentally unstable guy or vice versa. You yeah. know, But to have them both be kind of like noodling throughout the entire movie just like fell flat for me yeah and and uh the actor is anthony kerrigan that's um, the guy anthony yes. kerrigan and anthony kerrigan is, is anthony kerrigan is actually not only is he a good actor but he's a good dude i've, I've actually met him before oh lou knows him yeah, right yeah, yeah. He's actually a friend of friend of the show lou taylor pucci um who is and he's a great actor i've actually hung out with him he's at, so you know, good he's, and he's, he's a really cool person just in total right and so like just like I wish, and he was actually very believable in the show Gotham, and he was yeah. really good as Victor Zaz. Yeah, in he's Gotham. great. He's amazing. But like this guy in, in this version of Victor Zaz was just kind of like he was such a lapdog that it was saying. just very yeah. frustrating. And that's not what Vic Victor Zaz is supposed to be, right? But again, I actually did like it that they use it this way. So you know, whatever, right? So you know, you have it. You know, kind of the same idea behind both characters that it's like, oh, well, we're going to have this character. Let's just name him something that the that yep. fanboys are going to latch on to. Oh, it's cool. It's Victor Zaz. Oh, great. So let's you talk know, about the last bird of prey. So the last bird Black Canary. of prey is Black Canary. Now, of all of the birds of prey, I thought Black Canary was done the best. I, I absolutely loved the way that the character was done. Yeah. I love that she was a singer in, in Black Masks. Like I like that she was yeah, like I like that element. She was like a henchman of Black Mask, right? And then ended up turning against him, right? Because right. she ratted him out, right? The I like problem, the I agree. The problem I had was she's in a superhero movie, the only character that has superpowers, and she uses them once. So in the entire movie, she uses her powers once. So that's and something it just was such a letdown, like. They're having this long, extended fight. Why didn't she use her powers earlier? It would have been so much cooler. So the reason she didn't use her powers earlier, they actually explained this in the movie, which I was surprised they even explained it at all, was because it clearly takes its toll on her because she doesn't use them right, often. So in, the she moment she uses them, she passes Almost out. Almost like a Tian right, Shenhan exactly. moment where she uses her power and that for those of you who However, are familiar with Dragon Ball – it's a, a move in Dragon Ball Z right. where your life. A yeah, a, a character uses an energy beam and it drains his life away so he passes out afterwards. However, her – I agree. She was one of my favorite parts of the movie but it was so infuriating because they had that one scene early on in the movie where R Renee Montoya approaches her to like be her, her sort of like undercover person in right. Black Mass Club and she specifically mentions – her mother and how she used to help the G, the the GCPD. So you're assuming yep. it's like Laurel Lance, I guess, right? Yep. And they specifically mention her mother and how she used to be yep. what you would assume would be a hero. And they specifically mention her power. So you know it's her canary cry. But that was literally the only time they mentioned it. So this goes all like full circle back to what we were saying about how this movie 
couldn't decide what it wanted to be because right. if they had made her a more prominent character and made her reluctance to use her canary cry as a major plot point, it would have made the scene where she finally uses it to save everybody at the end much more impactful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it just, like, it was cool to see her finally do it, but then, like, because they had literally only mentioned it once in the very beginning of the movie, the whole thing fucking fell flat. Yeah, and, like, uh, like they could have used it in, like... I like the way that they used it. It just... They could have built it a little bit more if they were only going to yeah, use anything. it Yeah, anything. They could have done anything. Yeah. Anything. They could, they could so, have done anything. So this... Because it was cool. It was cool story building to have Renee Montoya talk about how her mother was essentially a superhero. Yeah, that was Like, great. that was that really was cool. Yeah. But it was literally, like, two lines, and they never mentioned it again. No. She never mentioned it. That, Montoya never mentioned it. just that, having like, it as a throwaway line. I mean, it was I cool. Yeah. Like, it, no, I did. You know, it's, I did. it's nice. They gave enough nods to the rest of the DC universe. Yeah. Right, where they... Where they, they mention the Joker by name, you know, they mention Bruce Wayne, you know, they give enough to, like, b- make you realize and believe that this is supposed to be a part of the DC universe, right? I just, and, and in, again, in my opinion, I actually think that, that Black Canary was the best character other than Harley Quinn in the movie. I yeah, actually really, I, really liked good, her. Yeah. I thought she was very believable. I, I really liked the way that they built her story. I, I thought it was very, very good. So yeah, she she was one of my the way I like the way they did her a little bit. I mean, I, I love the Huntress, but her she struck me as kind of like the most Gotham esque character because like that the way they did her for me was like true Gotham City. It's like she's like she's got yeah. this gig in the club, no real alliances. Then she kind of gets turned one way, then turned another way. Like it's very Gotham, like you know. Shifting alliances, changing yeah. who she's working for. Her empathy comes through where she tries to help Harley Quinn, and then she decides she wants to help Cassandra, and like, it all kind of comes through. Like she was like the most kind of like fully developed character in the entire movie. I think. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, so let's let's move on from here. Let's actually talk about really quickly um, the the things that we actually liked about the movie, <laughs> right? So I actually liked a lot of the fight scenes. I thought the fight scenes were absolutely brilliant. You know, I talked about like Harley Quinn going into the police station, the scene with the baseball bat when she actually picks up the aluminum baseball bat. Yep. That whole fight scene was absolutely brilliant. I thought it was brilliantly choreographed. I thought it was awesome. I, I thought that like her bouncing the aluminum bat off the ground and then it hit the guy in the face and yep. then she catches it. Like while cartoonish and and like that's the thing that I liked about it. And I actually think that especially in the funhouse scene when they're doing a lot more, there was a lot of scenes, especially with Harley Quinn, that were were very, very cartoonish. And there's one that sticks out where she jumps up in the air and she does like a split and she hits the guy in yeah, between that was a cool her scene. legs yeah. with the sledgehammer, which her sledgehammer should have been bigger, right? <laughs> like it should have been bigger. It should have been more like... They did, it, like it was comedically funny, but right. it wasn't in. It wasn't funny it wasn't enough. Comedic enough. You know yeah. what it made me think of was was the um, the the cowbell SNL skit, right? Oh yeah. So that skit wasn't funny until Will Ferrell went away and he got a shirt that was two sizes smaller and his belly was sticking out and like they went fully over the top with it. Right? If you're going to do this, go fully over the top. Have her have a comedic, over-the-top size sledgehammer. Yeah. Right? Like, or make it at least a little bit bigger so that it would have been funny. Like, and you're doing this kind of comedic fight scene. Like, go yeah. go, go all the way with it. And that, and, and so everything you just said is my 
the thing I liked the most, but also the thing that I hated the most about the movie, and I kind of touched on this earlier, was the fact that they, it, it couldn't make up its mind if it wanted to have these really sleek, well-choreographed fight scenes or if it wanted to do these comedic fight scenes. Yeah. And I and I think, I, I'm totally with you, for me it would have been so much better if it was full comedy, over the top, all the way. None of that slow motion bullshit. Harley Quinn is not a fucking kung fu or judo expert. Just yeah, but she full... is though. But she is though. She's, but she's she's a fighting expert. She's not a, a fighting kung fu. expert. She's like yeah. almost like a gymnast, which I think that they did a lot of very very well. And but I think that a lot of it reminded me of Lucha Libre wrestling, like <laughs> where she was doing these flips and then she would grab a guy and right. then throw them, but then they would be knocked out because of it, which was stupid. Right. Because she didn't hit them; she just threw them. Right, where it was a lot of like lucha libre, you know, kind of style moves where she was flipping and twirling and everything. And I really liked that. I thought it was very cool and very, very true to her character in that she is like a gymnast who also can kick ass, right? right. Which I thought was really, really cool. And again, I thought it was very well done in, in the choreographed fight scenes that, that she had and making it over the top as it was. Um, and, and there was a, a lot to like of that. And then again, with, with Black Mask, one of the things that I really liked was that he was kind of a crazy and unpredictable villain. Like when he makes that, the girl who's laughing in that scene where he makes her get up on the table oh, yeah, yeah. and like rips her dress off or like cuts her dress yeah. off. Like it shows that he's almost as crazy and unpredictable as the Joker, Right, but he really was. But, but it also shows smart. him. But it also he's shows him like smart. a Donald Trump character, because that he's woman is bubble, laughing. Yeah. That woman is laughing clearly not at him, and he's like, "Is she laughing at me? Is she laughing at me?" And everyone's like, "No, she's not laughing at you." You're like, "Well, fuck her. She's laughing at me." Like, yeah, it was I'm gonna so take it personal. Like, yeah. oh god, it was so. And it pains yeah. me to say that because I love you and McGregor, but I just he and I don't really blame him for this. It's just. The way the I think way he did a good job. I think he did a great job. I, I think for what was, he was given, I mean, he, he did. Was, he was one of the best parts about this movie. Uh, he could have been better for me. I don't know. It just didn't like one of the letdowns that was there the was was that I also liked. I liked the fact that she had that Harley Quinn. She that Harley Quinn had a a character that was like sheltering her and protecting her. Right, the guy who owned the Chinese shop. And he was like that connected like guy who knew everything. Oh, his about character everything. pissed me off so, so much. So the part that pissed me off was that when he betrayed Harley Quinn, she should have blown up his car as he was driving away. That would have been hilarious. It would have been funny. It would have been true to her character. But the fact that she just like she's like, oh yeah, it really is all about business, and she just lets him go. That's not Harley Quinn at all. She would have absolutely thrown a stick of dynamite at him, which she throws a stick of dynamite earlier in the movie at like just this random passerby who's trying to kill her. Like you, sh she should have absolutely done that, and that guy literally doesn't show up for the rest of the movie. You could have easily just blown him up, and it would have been hilarious, and it would have been like funny and very true to Harley Quinn's character. But not only did he not show up for the rest of the movie. That was the first time we saw him. We didn't see him until he betrayed her. So his yeah, character... Yeah, see him right before that. That, that, that. that all happens in the span of about 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So he's introduced as a character. Like, we, So we already know she's living in the apartment above yeah, his restaurant. They talk about that restaurant. in the very beginning of the movie. But they never explain who he is until the last part of the movie. Right. They introduce his character. They make him like a cool kind of sympathetic guy. Right. And then within 10 minutes... He betrays her. And it's like, fine, okay, but like, in order for that to have any sort of impact impact at all, you had to introduce his character at the very beginning of the movie. You really should have. 
And like, it, it should have been something that was established and then you go away from the way that they did the yeah. other things. Like, I, oh, I'm too far ahead. Let's go back. Like, uh, you know, all right. and like describe I, him. I had, I, I already had a, a very large, <laughs> I had a large glass of bourbon. I haven't really eaten. This movie fucking sucked. I'm I, so I angry about this movie. I actually liked it. I, I enjoyed it, was, it. I thought it was a good time. It was a good time, but it's a bad movie. And it's a bad fucking can we movie. Just, can we just say that my prediction was correct? I said that this would not get lower than a 75 on Rotten Tomatoes, and it got an 80. Bullshit. Thank you. It's fucking Thank stupid. You. It's fucking right stupid. <laughs> fucking stupid. The only reason this movie has high scores on Rotten Tomatoes is because woke critics. That is the only reason. You want to know why? I'll tell you exactly why. Here's the, the perfect I, I fucking... I liked it. I thought no, it was Here's the perfect movie. fucking contradiction. I, I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was, a, a, you know, a good use of... Harley uh, Quinn is afternoon. a... Harley Quinn is a character who is murdered countless innocent people. She's a true psychopath. When Joker with Joaquin Phoenix came out last year, the woke critics tore it apart because their, their whole argument was, oh, we're supposed to feel bad for this mass murderer. Is right. that what this movie is supposed to be? Right. But yeah, that's part of the movie. This movie comes out, and it's Harley Quinn, also a mass murderer. Oh, we're supposed to feel bad for her. Nobody is saying that. But that's exactly what this movie is. We're supposed See, to feel bad for Harley Quinn. I think but all the woke critics are sucking each other's dicks and sucking each other's fucking vaginas, not caring about the fact that she's a mass fucking murderer that we're supposed to feel bad for. So, the same fucking so thing. I think that the subtle difference is that uh, somebody like the Joker is not only psychopathic, but he's also sociopathic. And he's a man. Well, well that, and he's a white man. That's that's just that's a, white a problem. Man, right? I mean, you're not allowed to be a white man. No, anymore. no. I mean, that's you know, you're the immediate bad guy, which is why I'm glad that they used a white male as the <laughs> bad guy in this. I thought it fit very well to the story that they were trying yep. to tell and the the narrative that they were trying to tell. But I think the difference is is that Harley Quinn is sociopathic, but she's or psychopathic, but she's not sociopathic. Right. Where right. she actually does care about people. And you can see right. that when she does take Cassandra Cain under her wing. And, and I really like that part. Like, I really, really like that. I really enjoyed that. Like and seeing her like, oh, it's actually really cool to have Cassandra Cain here and like have this like younger sister type character right. that is under her wing. But I mean, in my opinion, I actually in terms of like DC EU movies, I mean, I would rank this. I would rank this in my opinion above Aquaman, uh, slightly below Wonder Woman, above Suicide Squad. Well, maybe, mm, yeah, no, I yeah. it slightly above so, Suicide yeah. Squad. So, so it's definitely above Suicide Squad. Yeah. It's definitely above Justice League and Batman versus Superman. I put it on I the same... I don't, I, think put, it's, I don't think it's above Batman versus Superman. Batman versus Superman is the worst movie ever made. Right. I put it on the same level as Aquaman because I look at it in the way that like I enjoyed this movie. I got right. some good laughs out of it. There were some great moments. But the, the story and everything else about it is just a complete fucking disaster. So, so let's do this right now because I think this will be a little bit fun. Rank them? Like, let's, let's rank them. Let's, right, let's rank them. Like all the DCU movies, right? So you the top got, to the bottom? Right. So you've got Man of Steel, right? You've got... And we're just... Oh, talking, wait, we wait. Won't, we won't talk about Joker. Right, Joker isn't in the DCEU. Right. So, so you, you want to rank top to bottom or bottom to top? Well, just let's, let's, go just, top let's just name the movies and then we'll rank them. Okay. Right? So we're talking. Write this about, down so we don't so forget. So we're talking about Man of Steel. Yep, Man right? of Steel. We're talking about Batman versus Superman. Yep. Justice League. Yep. Shazam yep. because it does have the connection because Superman no, yeah, one hundred percent, yeah, one hundred percent. So Shazam, Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad, and then Birds of Prey Birds and of Prey. Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman. Right, and those are the movies we're talking yep. about. So right? un- unquestionably, without question. 
Unquestionably, without question. Without question. Shazam is number one. Shazam is number is one. Is the best, by and far. N- number two, I would say, is Wonder Woman. Agreed. Yeah. I would Agreed. say I would say number one, Shazam. Number two, yep. Wonder Woman. Even though the ending to Wonder Woman is terrible, the yeah, rest of the movie is very good. And, the rest and of the Shazam, movie is very good. There's a lot of cheesy parts about it, but I, I think but the overall, cheese works. The, the cheese, cheese works, works. Because it works. it's a kid's movie. Exactly. It's supposed to be a kid's yes. movie. The cheese so works the cheese in works. Shazam. Yeah. So after those two, then it gets hairy. So for yeah. me, I, I would put... I would put again be, because I'm because I'm putting them on the the same level. I really don't see that much of a difference from this perspective. I'm putting Aquaman and Birds of Prey after Wonder Woman at the same level. So you think you think that Aquaman and Birds of Prey are tied for third in yes. terms of the best, and you would put them above Man of Steel yes. and above Batman versus yes. Superman? Because Man of Steel, I'll tell you why. So Man of Steel is just. I it's it there's a lot of really great elements. I like the kind of different approach they did with Superman, but I'm sorry. The 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 closing third, the the final act of Man of Steel, the long drawn out ridiculous fight. Not even not God. even the fact that it's long, not even the fact that it's drawn out. The fact that up until that point, they had they had spent so much time crafting this image of Superman who deeply cares about people and humanity and like the fact they spent all of that time crafting that to then have him and Zod and Zod's two henchmen literally destroy with abandon two fucking cities tens of thousands of people unquestionably murdered which again you make that argument when you look at a movie like Avengers and it's like yes obviously there was lots of collateral damage but the difference between movies like Avengers and Man of Steel is that you have specific scenes where you show the heroes trying to save innocent people. Yeah. In Man of Steel, it's just destroy building, destroy building, well, destroy building. And then they try to save themselves when he's got Zod in the headlock. And Zod's like, I'm going to kill these two people. Yeah, Forget about the 10,000 people I've already killed. And then he cries after he snaps. It was so fucking fake. It was so fucking stupid. Yeah, it was so forced. fucking dumb. Yeah. And then Batman versus Superman, just plot holes. Plot holes, plot holes, plot holes, plot holes, yeah, plot holes. Don't even get me some of the plot holes. Plot holes, plot holes, plot holes. It's again, the worst movie ever fucking again, made. And again, never made Superman out to be a hero no, character. They just none. Make Zero. It's the worst so, fucking movie ever made. So where would you go from there, right? So you've got... You've got so I, I would put Man, of, Man of Steel is after that. And Man of Steel would be number four. Yep. And then Batman versus Superman? Or where would you go No, from I would put Justice League above Batman versus Superman. Okay. And here's the reason why. Because okay. technically speaking... Justice League is a worse movie because because so Ben Affleck and so Gal Gadot just phone in their performances. Absolutely phone in. The, like ben, the CGI, ben Affleck yeah. Obviously, didn't do like he worked out so hard. Yeah. He dedicated, and he's like to fat in Justice League. Yeah, yeah, and it's like and like yeah. and, and like the CGI is awful. Like it's, it's it's a total like it's a total afterthought. But the thing that puts Justice League above Batman versus Superman, and then I guess it's just a personal preference, is that Justice League has a albeit stupid. But very linear plot. It's the yeah. beginning, middle, and end. We're trying to get the MacGuffin to save, the, to stop the bad guy from destroying the world. There are there for all of its faults. There are not actually any plot holes in Justice League. Yeah. Batman versus Superman, however, is a black hole of plot holes. Yeah. And that for me is unforgivable. All right. So then, so then you'd have Batman versus Superman after. Uh, Man of Steel. It's at the bottom. Batman vs. Superman is the bottom. At the, at the, the absolute bottom. bottom. Yeah. Right. Not so only is it the bottom of the DCEU, yeah. it's the bottom of all movies ever made. Yeah. 
Yeah. Rise of Skywalker would, would, would is better say, than Batman vs. Superman. Would you say Suicide Squad is better than Batman vs. Superman, or would you say yes. Batman vs. Superman? Yes, because even Suicide Squad, as bad as it is, does not have plot holes. So it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. It's retarded, but there are no plot holes. Yeah. So so here's here's where I would disagree. So I would think that the number one right now, obviously Shazam, right? Number two being Wonder Woman. Uh, I would say number three, in my opinion, is actually Batman versus Superman. I fucking because, I want to beat you with this because, microphone because even despite all of the plot holes, despite the terrible acting from Jesse Eisenberg as, as Lex Luthor, although I liked him as like the kind of like Google Silicon Valley type CEO, yeah, yeah. I actually kind of liked that. But like, I hated the rest of his personality. I loved Batman. I think it's, in my opinion the best Batman put to screen. I loved his outfit. I loved the way that he was. I loved, I loved, I loved the dichotomy of him being Bruce Wayne as opposed to Batman. I think it worked very well. I loved Jeremy Irons as Alfred. I think it was really great. And I would put that as a clear number three. Uh, my number four uh, would actually be probably Birds of Prey. Okay. Right? So that would be my number four yep. is that I actually think it was, it was very fun for what it was. It was very well done. Uh, just beneath that is, is where I would put Man of Steel. Yep. And then just beneath that is where I would put uh, Suicide Squad. Um, and am I missing one? No, I think Aquaman. that's it. Oh, Aquaman. Yo, Aquaman. In my opinion, Aquaman, the worst. Aquaman <laughs> was, the, the acting was terrible. The scenes were terrible. The action was okay, but like, you, like, you, you go on all these things. It was way too long. It was drawn out. You have all these characters that just didn't make sense. Absolutely. At the bottom would be Aquaman. And that's just funny because Aquaman is one of the highest grossing. So they I think it's the grow- highest grossing. Of all of them? Would, did, did none of them, no, no, none of them no. made a billion dollars. Oh, oh, and Justice League. Justice League I would put on the same level oh, yeah. as Aquaman as right at the bottom. I don't, I don't think... I, I think, I think Aquaman was, was the first so one bad, to make a billion. It was so stupid. It was so like... It was just so phoned in from all the actors. Yeah, there was no plot holes. The only cool scene in that entire movie was the 30-second scene that we get of that, like, fight scene when they're telling the story and you see, like, the Green Lantern that's there. You see, obviously, the Shazam-type character that's there. And it kind of, like, builds out the universe that's all there in that one fight scene. But everything else, aside from that, I would say is just absolutely fucking terrible and like just so bad and the way that it ends is just so bad like it could have been better release the Snyder Cut release the Snyder oh, Cut I want the Snyder Cut I so, want to see how like, bad let's it talk is. about that right because I think that one of the, the things that, that Birds of Prey falls victim to is the reshoots that it went through right because people are trying to like rehash and redo it and like I think that it went through reshoots in order to make it more of this like you know kind of storyline that it wanted to tell but at the same time, I think it fell victim to those reshoots, right? And I think that that's very, very, like, much... I think it's very similar to the way that a lot of comic book movies have gone, and I'm really afraid to see New Mutants later on because I think that if it came out in its original version... No, it is, though. Cool. It is. That's the thing. No. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned so that. So, New Mutants is coming out without the reshoots that yes. were done? Yes. Oh. I, read, I read that a couple of weeks ago, and I was very excited about that because... There were a lot of talks of reshoots on that movie. One of the reasons why it was delayed for like two years now. Um, but the the last the last bit of news I read is that New Mutants is being released in its its, its original cut. Yeah, which so, makes me really excited. So, I'm excited like, for that movie. I think that just showing the Snyder cut like 
passion that's behind that, like, release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut. And now with Star Wars being the same thing with the different script that had right, been right. released, and it was way better than the fucking Infinite garbage better. movie that we got. Infinitely right? better. It just shows that, like, recuts are terrible. Just go with the original script and with the original point, yeah. whether or not it fits into your universe, and then make it it's fit studios. later. It's just studio. I know it is, but just go with it. Just yep. go with the way that it's written. Go with the way that it's supposed to be, right? And that you were originally pitched on it. And don't try and yeah. change it after the fact because that's only going to make it worse. And it's like you're trying to piece in s- smaller parts. And you're like, oh, yeah. let me fix this little thing. Or let me fix that little thing. I totally it just agree. It makes it worse. Right? I totally agree. Because so you're- there's just a passion for having it done the original way. So just keep it the original way. And I think that the things that were really bad about this movie – were a lot of the things that were probably reshoot. I'll, I'll reshot, or I'll, I don't yeah, know what, what was and what wasn't. Yeah, I agree because like if you're a studio head, like you're the thinking is that you're hiring a director because of their vision. You're hiring a writer and a director because of their vision they have. So let them do their vision. Yeah. Like they've made their yeah. they've made their pitch, and you you agreed to their pitch. Let them fucking yeah. do it. Yeah, let them do it. You know, and the, one of the things is that they released Birds of Prey right around the same time as they released the original Deadpool, right? Whereas yep. it was in February, Deadpool was released on Valentine's Day. Yep. But at the heart of Deadpool, it was actually a very good love story. Yeah. Like in the first Deadpool movie, like yeah, it was over the top. Yeah, it was cheesy. Yeah, it was graphic. Yeah, it was violent. It had good jokes. But it had good jokes, and at the core, it was a very good touching love story. Yeah, totally. This didn't have that. No. So when you release it a week before Valentine's Day, right, and then you have it right in this month of February, right, you don't have that, like, really good story, like, arc or element or, like, like a heart to the movie. Yep. You lose the whole point of the movie, right? Yep. And whereas I wish they would have had more of that heart, and it just it seemed like they did. So. I agree. So, so there it is. I mean, that's our, our spoil-filled review of Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, um, which now is just called Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey or something like something that. Something like that. And which they should have just called it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey from the beginning or just called it the fantabulous emancipation of Harley of one Harley Quinn or and Harley Quinn for short and just called it a Harley Quinn movie and just left it at that. That's what they should have just called it Harley Quinn and just had the Birds of Prey in it as well. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where they go, but I have to tell you, I am excited to see Margot Robbie back as Harley Quinn totally. in the new Suicide Squad movie. Especially because James Gunn is directing it. James Gunn is directing it. There's a there's an ensemble amount of actors that are just fantastic that are in yeah, that it's movie. Yeah, going to be great. Taiko Waititi is actually an, uh, is playing a character in that movie. That's right, yes. Which so is, is really John cool. Cena. John Cena, Nathan Fillion I is going to be in that movie. I mean, I'm actually excited like, for it. I'm very excited for that movie to see where it goes and, and to see how it adds on to this quote-unquote DCEU and the way that everything else kind of plays into yep. it. Agreed. Right? And, and sees the way, how does everything else fit into this movie and into like a universe yep. that they're trying to create. Right. So totally agree. So, yeah. So, uh, for those of you who actually saw the movie, um, let us know what you think. Definitely follow us on Instagram at ready, set review, send us an email, ready, set review at gmail.com. Go like, and subscribe us on Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to our show. 
Uh, make sure that you go like, subscribe, give us a comment. Let us know what you thought about the movie. Did you see it? Did you not want to see it? Um, yeah, anything that you just really, you know, kind of felt or thought about the movie. And as always, stay tuned, true reviewers.